Hello and welcome to Succession Obsession, an episode by episode podcast about HBO Succession. I'm Ethan Crane. I'm Tali Ripley. We record this uh, podcast immediately after watching the episode, really immediately this time because we were so excited about this episode. Um, so there's no spoilers and possibly uh, some lack of knowledge, bit of gibbering noise, on. bit of gibbering, yeah, gibbering we might edit out in the and end. No adverts. No adverts and uh, no Patreon either, as we no, often say. Or any any income. Anyway, hope you enjoy it. Pretty overwhelmed by the end. I had a... Okay, this was my hot take. I think this is what the episode was about. Well, one thing is just about Tom and Shiv being awesome, which we'll come to, I'm sure. But my other hot take was, I think this episode is about the company as a psychopath. Oh, okay. Uh, anyhow. Right. So that's my... that's, do you want to explain that now, or are you going to talk about that near the end? Well, I'm going to build it in as a threat, Do you mean? Do you theme. mean the, the sort of the companies as a whole are psychopaths, or Waystar is a psychopath? Companies as a whole. I mean, you know, there was that theory: companies are a psychopath you know, because they yeah. have no. They're not humans. They therefore don't care for humans because why would they? So, um, they're yeah. ex-psychopathic. So, yeah, and, and, yeah. and essentially, I don't know, I thought there were interesting threads. I was trying to have an interesting theme and I had it nailed and then the Tom and Shiv thing blew me out the water. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, because it was one of the best scenes of the entire show, I'd say. Of the universe. It was incredible, that scene. So incredible that you almost stopped stopped it playing after that to almost recover and watch it again. Oh. And I, I insisted we watch the rest of the episode yeah, first. That's good call. I think you, yeah. know, you should watch television like that. And I think it's quite instructive that we're recording this and our plan was to watch watch uh, the episode, then have some food, and then come back and record the podcast. And I'm so hurt by the episode that I'm foregoing dinner to record this straight that's away. an unusual thing for you, Ethan. <laughs> it is indeed, and we start off so nicely with Tom and Shiv. We start off with waiter Tom coming in with his gift. Oh yeah, his little his breakfast. My a breakfast prepared by a servant. Let yeah. us make it, but still him bringing the Classic train. Nan Pierce behaviour. <laughs> yes. But what yeah. did you think of his gift? Uh, well, I thought because we were we were have been seeing this. This is Tom. Tom and Shiv at their nicest to each other in this since the whole betrayal by Tom at the end of season three. This or even, the, I mean, since the nicest for a long time. Yeah, I mean, not not way back. They would they'd been nice to each other like very early on sure, in the show, okay, but, but yeah. this is the nicest they've been to each other for a long time. And so, I was I've been I was really pleased to see them being nice to each other. I was kind of rooting for Tom and Shiv in some ways. Obviously, that fell flat on its face by the end of the episode, but. But yeah, but I did think maybe even the maybe even the scorpion gift they'd kind of get away with it as a bit of like mm, not really in great taste. Okay. But I thought they'd be okay with it. But as we saw later on, she yeah. did quite take that to heart. Shiv, she, she did not. It didn't go down well at the time. No. So, it, but it makes me think like, how does Shiv view herself really in a way? Because she wants to be, she likes to think of herself as this calculating businesswoman type who could run Waystar if she was given the chance. But then when Tom kind of like presents to her his opinion of her as a, a scorpion and a bit sort of, she, she doesn't really like it, does she either? So what, what's going on for her, do you think, with that? I don't know. I suppose nobody wants to be, um, nobody really wants to view themselves as that. They want to feel you, you have to have that dual, I have no idea. I'm not a CEO. I can't imagine what it would be like to, both hold a sense of humanity about yourself that you'd need to and also 
have this sense of I've I'm, I'm a kind of an uber, I don't know, like a godlike creature. You know? Yeah. Logan obviously he he just dismissed the hum, human side and they could go com completely with the business side, couldn't he? And he could be a scorpion and wouldn't care if people saw him that way. He would have, yeah. yeah. Well, how would have Logan, if somebody, Marsha had given him a scorpion as a gift, he'd have loved it. No, I think he would have uh, just put it to the side and forgotten about okay. it five seconds later. He might later. Have loved it, but he wouldn't have been insulted. <laughs> he would by not it. have been insulted have by it, yeah. It. I don't think he'd have thought about it either way, to be honest. He'd just have like... I think yeah. he would have liked it. I, I, in the right mood, if it had yeah. come from somebody. But um, Shiv, Shiv takes this particularly badly from Tom, I think, because Tom is the one piece of humanity that she might possibly have in her life. And he's now viewing her in an inhuman way, as yeah. far as she's concerned. I think it's... I think... I don't... I think she might not have minded it if it come from someone else, but she particularly minds it yeah. coming from Tom. We yeah. didn't, yeah, like you said, though, we, it wasn't super, um, we didn't know it was going to be so disastrous. And no. and you you always also start off, when I saw Kendall and Rava, yes. I thought, oh, maybe they're getting together. Everybody, the whole gang's getting back together. Maybe they'll have a nice conversation. <laughs> yeah, but that... That, not... that will turn bad really fast. Yeah, yeah. So, so what um, was going on with them, wasn't it, was that... Um, Sophie. What, Sophie, which is one of Ravara and Kendall's chil um, children, their, their daughter has been given some, had some kind of racist abuse at, at mm. school, basically, and and perhaps or or not exactly. We don't really know exactly. We don't know, no. But what we're um, there's been a. It was not doing it was at school, Benningham. Well, no, it was that. Yeah, but amongst her or amongst her friends or something, and there's been a sort of like a bit of a groundswell of support for her by um, talking shit about ATN and Ravenhead, isn't it? Ravenhead being the news anchor, like saying that they're the cause of this kind of stuff. Yes. And obviously Rava is now bringing this to Kendall, saying, this is your company, you are doing this kind and of Sophie thing. Sophie is yeah. horribly conflicted. Yes. As... And obviously Kendall handles it really well, doesn't he? Yeah, really well. <laughs> so he's, he does his thing of, I want, well, obviously he's blaming Rava for not being... Well, he's not exactly blaming her, is he? But he's not... He's he's trying to be all, all matter of fact about it, and he's not he's not showing the caring side for Sophie and for Rava. That is what what he's she's not just after. being matter of fact. He's saying, "Where were you when this happened?" He does say, "Where were you that, when this happened?" That is pretty accusing, pretty yeah. Yeah, but the worst part of it is, is when it's kind of falling apart, and Rava comes back to him. He says. I've got, I'm covering things on six continents here, trying to keep the world safe. And you think, oh, my God, your self-aggrandising self is so poor. It's yeah, like, yeah. He, he, well, he's very good. <laughs> well, yeah, he's very good at it. But it's so it's so horrible looking, to excruciating to watch and, and really cringeworthy. I mean, anyone, if he could see himself doing it, it would just be, it's just terrible. And this... This has all happened before the titles have even happened. <laughs> yeah. This this episode was so jam-packed with everything. I could barely keep pace. Like we did we stopped it a couple of times, didn't we, to rewatch something because we'd missed a line or something, and you felt like I'm missing some really important stuff going on here. All I was feeling it the whole way through the episode. It's yeah. sort of like squeezing the maximum you know out of the end of it. Good podcasters never say we're missing shitloads of stuff here. <laughs> I know. But yeah. But but one of the enjoyable things about doing this is that we record it immediately afterwards. So we're kind of trying to feel what our immediate reaction to it is. Yeah. Much yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh so after the titles we go straight into the the, the four siblings are meeting again. Yeah. The funeral committee. Nice. Funeral committee. Yeah. Um Marsh's so there's some nice agreement that, that like let's 
you know, screw Marsha. She's yeah. having a say. Yeah. We can look forward to seeing more Marsha. Oh, I always like look that. forward to more Marsha. That's good. Um, and, and, then, and then this is when they bring up who's going to talk. Yeah. And, and it's obvious that sort of probably everybody wants to, wants that situation. Yeah, position. I mean, and it, um, curiously, I think all of them apart from Roman are quite keen in that scene to do it. Kendall wants to do it because he wants to, be the most most important sibling kind of thing. Mm. As it was probably really Shiv's um, sense of doing it as well. She wants to be the most important sibling, and as we see later on, she has plans for how the whole deal is going to go down and how she's going to get an important position mm. via uh, Lucas Madsen. And Connor wants to do the speech because he's in the running for president, and that's mm. her. he feels like it's his position to do as well. Mm. Roman's the only one who very who kind of doesn't seem too bothered about it. I think. And ironically, is the one who's going to end up doing it at well, the end. But yeah. yeah, well, Roman has a problem with admitting his feelings, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, so, so that's probably a degree of what's yeah. going on there. So here as well, like, um, is the point where um, Kendall and Roman mentioned to Shiv that they want Nate to be at um, the election eve party that yes. um, Tom and Shiv are going to host, which is what we we find out here and right at the beginning, don't we, in Tom and Shiv's conversation that this is going to be what this episode's about. It's an election yeah. eve party. Yeah. Great getting everyone back together yes. again. That's what we love. Always the best episodes. So um, obviously Nate has uh, a history with Tom at Shiv and Tom's wedding. Well, and well, yeah. a massive history with Shiv. Yeah, having yeah having been one of the people that Shiv was uh, sleeping with. Yeah. So Shiv and Shiv... Shiv, does, Shiv totally understands that this is the wrong, that Tom is going to be upset by it. Yeah. And she, um, so so she goes to text Tom, doesn't she? She texts him to yeah. say, um, well, I, know, I love it. Did you see the text? The sort of, you can see the previous messages that yes. she, have been written. So I'm not sure what she said to him previously, but he had said in response, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, like an Olymp- it was like the orgasm olympics harder faster sore <laughs> yeah. and then late and then later on when uh, we in the next scene we see tom texting her back uh, we see um tom receiving shiv's text back she says uh, sorry i broke your dick and he says no no still rock hard so this was like so so i was going to think that she might tell him now nah, at that point like immediate disclosure uh, fact, like let she's pregnant out, talk about no 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 oh the pregnant about oh the right date. sorry about the date thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. talk about that just to just to see how that goes and you know that would make sense because they'd just have that conversation but yeah. essentially she's just trying to you know she's she's she sees that conversation she smiles she's trying to make him um feel better she's she's well I mean, she's so okay it's not the telling him which would have been a good idea but it's it's plumping his ego yeah, so well, I mean, she's probably thinking we're having quite a nice sexting time here. Yeah. I don't really want to ruin it by mentioning Nate, do I? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's it. So why, she's carrying on the sexting. So banter. why why do you think she ag- agrees with with Kendall and um, Roman that the Nate should be the person to be there? Why doesn't she say I'd rather that doesn't happen? Does she not want to tell them about her past with Nate or what? No, they know about that. I think, or from the, I mean, the reason why they ask her, I mean, they, that implies that they know there's something there. So I think it's just the Shiv always being the play is the most important thing. But, you know, she's aware that it's really important to get the Democrats on side. Um, I don't know, I, because obviously she doesn't necessarily want the deal to tank in because their reasoning is to get him on board in order to tank the deal. 
oh, you know, help with make sure regulations, all that stuff. There's thought that 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 aspect of it, the Democrats would tank the deal if um, if they get in. Yeah. So actually, you're right. Why does she? Why would she be that keen on him coming? Because maybe it's just. I suppose actually, then it must be just that thing of Shiv not wanting to be a vulnerable human being to say, actually, I, you know, I've got this thing, this relationship thing is more important to me at the moment. Actually, I, I don't want to, I don't want to have this extra person there. That's why she doesn't say to um, Kendall and Roman, please don't invite Nate. Or unless she doesn't, I mean, I suppose she also doesn't want to reveal her hand. That yeah. She's actually kind of in the Madsen camp of, you know, wanting to keep the deal on track. Yeah, you could think of it as a combination of those two things, yeah. couldn't you? It's good. Yeah, it's yeah. not. I mean, it's not. A, it's not a big point, but you kind of do wonder why Nate's there. I mean, I guess we don't really know exactly what Nate's job is. We know he's a. We know he's a. We do know what his job he is. Maker. He work. He works for Daniel Jimenez, doesn't he, the Democrat candidate? Yeah. But um, we don't really know why someone else couldn't have done the job rather than Nate. There must be quite a lot of people in a similar position. That is true. There? You but, could get somebody else, to, but yeah. that he's their contact, I yeah. guess. It's like Kendall and him have some kind of relationship too. But... And I'm also going to allow it in in like succession land that you don't want to bring too many other figures in. Let's bring Nate back in. Kind no, of thing. Obviously, Mark's much better. If you think yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. You have an... Greg... Okay, this was my point about talking about the insincerity of companies as well. Uh, right, my okay. point number one. The psychopath. I possibly only have two points. Maybe. Company of psychopath. Company of psychopath is this thing of Tom sacking, uh, essentially, we don't know how many people. What, well, it's 100, 100 people, he said later. Right, we yeah. know 100 people on a Zoom call or, yep. or, or some sort of video call. Uh, Tom supposedly taking the meeting, but then just handing over it's like tom hasn't even got the guts to do this by video tom's not even listening as greg's doing he's still sending sexy texts to shiv just sending sexy texts and making like cry emotions of like mocking all these people that yeah. have lost their jobs so i mean that that's when with tom doing that making yeah crying uh crying emotions as they're doing it, that made me feel in the you know the the apocalyptic conversation between shiv and tom later made me feel more or less sympathy for Tom, really, than I might have done otherwise, I think. Because you, you, keep, you keep remembering that he's actually a complete bastard, don't yeah, you? Yeah, but Tom has always been that character. He's never, he's always, always, always been that character. And I, I kind of think it's the brilliance of Matthew McFadden that creates this, yeah. this, this monster that you still feel a lot of sympathy for and is very, very vulnerable at times. And yeah. because you've seen his vulnerability, you know that's just a front of... Well, you know well he can also be he can be this monstrous um uh head of a company but part of our our a sort of sympathy with him about his vulnerability is because we know he does really have lots of affection for shiv isn't it that is crushed a lot of the time and then seeing someone t having i mean we will we will get back to the shiv and tom conversation but it seems to be quite important to lots of other stuff here isn't it that I don't believe Shiv really loves Tom, but I do believe Tom loves Shiv. Mm. And that's what seems so awful about Tom's situation. That's why, however bad it gets, however nasty Tom is to Shiv, I'm always a little bit on Tom's side, I think, in those Tom-Shiv's conversations. Yeah, so yeah. you're on the side of the psychopath. 
the psycho well one of the psychopaths yeah she, but, <laughs> but what was so good was just that thing the stuff that greg was reading out about we really appreciate your oh. service this is a sad day yeah. it just encapsulates when um when companies ever have like a press release about saying this is such a sad occasion and yeah. like you know whatever wilco's or something you know represent peace and love and we are very saddened about something and you it just it is so insincere because it's yeah. a company and it doesn't have that i have been in that situation sense. myself at a company i worked at they had just made one entire department redundant mm. there was the, the, the department had been made to leave the building and not come back and obviously there was a big as there always is when they're coming and everyone is like in quite an emotional state afterwards and it was it had got such an emotional state that the managing director actually came down to our department, got everyone together and said, I know there's been a bit of news, been a bit upsetting to people. I just wanted to come down and remind you that X, the company I work for, is still a great place to work. And you think, how can you say that? You've just treated everyone appallingly. And all you can think of to come and say is this is a great place to work. And it's so obviously it is not today. Today. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but it, yeah. It's, they don't have the they they yeah. have the emotional sense of a three year old. Sometimes. But but on the other hand, because like, I think this is really fundamental to what you're saying about being a psychopath. I actually quite liked the managing director in person. He yeah. was actually an okay guy. Like he was quite he was quite kind and friendly, whatever. But he has to be this monster at times because he's the managing director, and that's what's. I mean, this is what's happening to Greg here, isn't it? Greg is. Well, Greg has just become the monster and, and later on kind of revels in being the monster yeah. when he's talking to Lucas Madsen and is it Andreas Lucas Madsen second in command? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something you talked about before is that Greg was such, a, you know, the comedy character, but they have built him to be yeah. not, I mean, people joked about, oh, Greg's going to take over the whole company and I don't, no. I do not see that and that wouldn't be credible or interesting, but it's, he is becoming interestingly tainted from that innocence that he started off with. Inter yeah, interestingly tainted, but I'm I'm missing comedy Greg, really. I think I'm missing comedy innocent Greg, because Greg's, Greg's comedy had to be about him being innocent in a way. Like, think about him when he was um, testifying to Congress. Yeah. Like, he was just this kind of, like, full um, patsy, really, wasn't he, that was going up in front of Congress. And you really thought all he'd done was be coerced by by um tom into like sure, sure. um you know having shredding the files about the, about the cruises and he kept a few back for himself and you still think he's just like a guy who's weighing over his head but he's no no longer that is he he is no. now like culpable just like all the others but everybody starts off innocent at some point yeah why you should never get involved with companies <laughs> like this <laughs> so we're quite soon into the party i mean shiv does tell tom just before the party starts that yeah Nate's gonna Nate's be there gonna come tom sort of takes it not happy but takes it it's not too yeah. he's kind of thinking i think if it had just been that alone yeah. then that would have tom would have been okay with it yeah. um and shiv does look she looks she gets that it's not good for him yeah um but the party's cracking on and and this is where things get so know. much happens in this party <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's fantastic but you got there's a little bit of um i mean there's some thinking there's discussion roman and kendall are having a chat and this is when i think we might have even thought about this before about like what might happen with connor's presence at the election yeah you know we knew he's never going to be anything but there's sort of saying so um 
you know, the Republicans are now saying, look, his three or four percent, it's a small sliver, but it's going to make all the difference. And so Menken's um, people are ringing Roman, aren't they, yeah. to see if they can get, get him convinced to step down. And which, which, which led to one of the funniest scenes, I think, in this episode of Connor trying to decide where he'd like to be ambassador. Yeah. He says, and they start off by talking about Mogadishu. And yeah. Like that. But I do love the fact that to begin with, he says, like when he says, um, you know, like, why do they want me? To, what are they offering me? And they said, well, he, they said it's for the good of the Republic. <laughs> and it's just laughable. Yeah. Laughable because nobody's really in it for that. No. And even Connor knows that that's laughable, doesn't he? Even though he's like quite an airhead about all these yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. And does he, what do you say about when he's offered Mogadishu to start with? Um, he says it's a bit car bomby, isn't it? Isn't that like, <laughs> isn't that like his line for it? Oh. oh yeah. That's. that's... That's yeah. Um, what do you think of Kendall's speech? Well, again, like like we were saying in the last episode, Kendall makes a pretty good speech, doesn't he? Does it's okay. not he he called he you know he mentions people in the room and he's he's quite likable. He got a few laughs and they've seen they were fairly genuine laughs as well. I think. Weren't they? I liked Shiv give gave Roman a kind of look. Yeah. Did you not think it? Was oh, I didn't real... see that. What was that? I felt that was well. I was interpreting it as one of those sibling things of like. Oh, look at him. Isn't he great? Sort of right, thing. okay. Right. And I don't know, maybe maybe for Shiv there's a lot more sort of anger because hey, look how it's gone. It's supposed to be the three of us together and look yeah. it's Kendall's taking taking the crown. Do you think Shiv as well is is trying to because she's essentially battling against Roman and Kendall now, is she trying to drive a, a wedge between them as well? Because that will probably help her cause, won't it, if she doesn't have both of them against her? Uh, yes, I suppose so. I had read it as more innocent sibling thing that you'd just be sort of like, yeah. Mm. but yeah, you might be right that there's more, yeah, there's more her, like we saw, because we saw that in last episode of her yeah. wanting to, to kind of create that between them. Um, yeah. And it's uh, so he's having a moment of silence. Yes, Which is when when Madsen the comes Swedish in. crew come yeah. in. I thought away. full marks to the costume department were here for dressing Madsen <laughs> in that gold jacket, which is just brilliant. It just looks so both tacky and really expensive um, at the same time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. imagine. It. Yeah, it's just thousands and thousands. Yeah. Do you not? Know, I was just thinking this time that um, Alexander Starsgard looks a bit like Jim Carrey. He does, and you know what it is? It's when he smiles, his his teeth are the same as Jim Carrey's. Okay. I think that's what it is. There was a bit in the just in the you know, the bit they have at the beginning of the episode where it's were previously on succession. Yeah. Where he's on the plane with Shiv and he smiles at Shiv and it's just like Jim Carrey, just like okay. you said, it's his front yeah, teeth. Yeah, way, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's it. So you've got this difficult situation all through the party that you've got like Kendall and Roman say to Shiv, you stick with with with, with Madsen which is you know then but essentially obviously she's uh, on his side yeah Madsen and her are sort of having their you know a tater tate as well yeah um which is I love uh I love Shiv kind to kind of like talk Madsen through you know yeah. give him advice and, and she's trying to sort of say don't be too wacky isn't she yeah and he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't scream. People are data. Uh, stick my dick in 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 the guac. Guac, guacamole. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and the, yeah, which is so he shows a certain self knowingness. Yeah, but he don't. Did you not feel that um, Madsen in this episode, because you know 
later they're going they're going mm. to reveal that his numbers are wonky in India kind of thing. But he his status seemed to really just crumble in this episode, I think, didn't it? You kind of mm. think, oh yeah, you are just a bit of a, a lucky not an idiot, but you've just been flying around by the by the seat of your pants a bit and now now all everything's coming home to roost in a way. Well yeah. another kind of like little issue I have with capitalism is like I feel that this is represented sometimes we have a some person who has good fortune and luck with their company and it does really well and then suddenly everything they say is gold yeah. and, and is believed and here's the future and this is it and you know what well he must be wise because he's rich um yeah and that doesn't always work and and as his um, ever his girlfriend stroke head of communications well, ex. well ex-girlfriend i don't know ever a girlfriend I, well, feel okay. that, I think more of a kind of i mean i wouldn't say go as far as victim but i feel that was sort of who knows about that yeah. relationship that ex-sexual partner ex-sexual partner she says later doesn't she to kendall and roman on the balcony that um he, he was never even that never even did his own coding he yeah. got he, he was just yeah 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 because he calls himself a coder doesn't he yeah, yeah, yeah. Point, oh i'm just a crazy coder from somewhere or another yeah. but he's um, and he's he's sort of pissed off with his team here. So it just seems totally different from that episode where they were in Norway for their, their kind of away week or something. Uh, he's got Ebba, who he is now feeling like... I mean, Ebba seems brilliant, doesn't she? Like, she does, although I don't know what she's doing there. You thought, or she says that she's, she's out in February or something, wasn't it? She's getting out in February. So, yeah, yeah. either she's making a decision that that's... Like or, or maybe she has a contract or, that's out, up then or something. Well, I don't know. Or well, like she's got, as they say, sort of you know his tenure or something like that because of her hold, her yeah, her 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 dirt really that she has on him. So yeah. I don't think there's anything that she's. I feel that she was sort of saying, well, the numbers will be up at that point, so that'll be out at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he's he's pretty obviously he's shitting on her. But it turns out she's one of those sort of introverts that doesn't really like parties. Who's his head of communications? Communi- my head of communications who doesn't, who hates communicating. And my number two is moonbeamed on edible. Yeah, I love that moonbeamed on edible, which we kind of see a bit later, don't we? Because isn't it when uh, Madsen and Andreas, which I think is number two, and Greg are all... Um, uh, smoking e- e-cigarettes which presumably uh, are like yeah. are getting that, stoned on is that the thing that you now have e-cigarettes that can yeah you, you can do yeah oh well there yeah. you go all yeah. fancy things these <laughs> yeah. days um, yeah you got I mean Connor's getting sort of offered somewhere slightly better now Slovenia <laughs> Slovakia but no I'm no, none of those slow countries yeah. just... does he suggest that he goes to North Korea at some point <laughs> <laughs> well it's as if he's he wasn't aware there wasn't actually an ambassador to North Korea. Yeah, and then Con- and then Roman says to him, says to him, I don't think they send you anywhere with nukes. And he- and Connor says, I think I need to go. If the place I go to needs to have nukes. Yeah, and now he's like, you know, I'm insulted now. I'm, def- <laughs> yeah. I'm not going anywhere unless they have nukes. Basically. Yeah, it just shows the, the complete fantasy land. But 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 on the other hand, like you're like you're saying about all oh, this is. Um, I feel like this is how people do become ambassadors, though, isn't it? Like you get these ambassadorships because. You've just got some hold over someone who's, I don't know, needs your 3% of votes somewhere. I, it's a worry. We don't know for sure, but yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's do you not, how it works. Do you not feel that's one of the takeaways of this whole show that Jesse Armstrong's trying to say really is that so many of the people in these powerful positions 
do not have any of the talent needed to be there. I feel that is the message of the show. Yeah. Well, all I'm saying is I don't actually know how, how ambassadorships are, no. and that's perhaps unfair. Sure, for any ambassadors know. listening, some of you are very clever yeah. and very good at your job. Yeah. Just not sure that all of you might be. Yeah. <laughs> We've got, I mean, the, the sort of heat of the party amps up. We've got Nate's having some serious discussions with Madsen as well. You know, everybody's trying to get Nate's good opinion. Yeah. Um, it's so complicated. You keep seeing pairs of people, don't you? You think, right, now how does that person relate to this person? You, you really had to concentrate in this episode, didn't you? All got lots of plays going on. Yeah. Um, so we know that there was this, the bit with Nate and Kendall where they kind of come away from yeah. everybody. Um, Nate's already said something about like, well, you know, my boss doesn't like the out of control algos to Madison, yes. you know. So, you know, he's, he, you sense that maybe Nate and Kendall could work. I just, I just wanted to point out, which I thought the show did really well, especially sort of managing um, the death of Logan and the, and well, that, I mean that episode itself was amazing, but the the consequences afterwards was um, just, I mean, it's a small thing, but Nate giving his sympathies to Kendall, yeah, and I just thought that seemed very real, very familiar in that way when, when you, you know anybody who suffered a loss and then they. It's sort of like everybody they meet has to say their sympathies, which is um, like rarely, rarely, well, I personally found rarely appreciated, rarely, rarely hit. But and yet it's a social norm to do. Yeah. Um, but I just liked how they did that. And, and Kendall's, I think, very normal kind of awkwardness about it. Yeah. And, and obviously you have to accept the condolences unless you're roman like in the last episode where you said you've had enough condolences thank you very much yeah, i like that <laughs> yeah i thought that was i mean yeah he's being a bit of a twat and, yeah but i did yeah so in all these little pairings of people that we have here the other one we get is um shiv takes madsen into the um into the cloakroom and she sends the cloakroom attendant out so that they can have a private conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. but this is where and i think this is where we're getting to some the meaty part of what's going on. I don't think we quite we quite heard had we from Shiv exactly what she expected to get out of her um, double dealing with Madsen. Yeah, and here we get it like blatantly that she wants a really top job yeah. at the new Gojo 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 Waystar, Gojo Waystar yeah. whatever it's called. And so now we're seeing, can't we? Aren't we that this is what Shiv does here? And then we'll talk about Kendall later. Where we've what what he wants out of his new direction for the company um but this is this is the kids properly falling apart isn't it like we the first working together not working together in the least anymore now is it it's so like this has you know, uh, yeah i mean so in this episode you well definitely you've had shiv being apart but in this episode you also have kendall really sort of making a bold statement yeah that yeah, he, yeah he wants to be in his own yeah um but yeah i know shiv makes her play she's, she's hot shit and ready to go yeah um but he doesn't he doesn't even though she really is trying to say like, yeah he says can i think about it she said no yeah but he doesn't still doesn't get it out of him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. so just after this we have um uh connor talking to willa about mm. the uh, him being off the ambassadorship and i have to say every scene that willa comes in she's not in many scenes but they are all hilarious she's such a good character she is. Yeah, <laughs> and then she is. says so Connor, Connor says uh, about the possibility of being ambassador to o Oman, and he, and he says something about like being a fantastic airport there, 
And she says, w- will it be above ground? She's worried that, is that about the airport she's talking? Not the airport. I think he says something like, we live in a, um, a, compound. a compound. Oh, that's right, a compound. And she says, will it... <laughs> that must be so, sometimes it does sound like a compound is below ground. Yeah, will it be above ground? And then, and then he says how they have diplomatic immunity and be able to like drive on the pavements if they want to. And she says, running people over is not a great selling point. Yeah. Yeah. Which is all, all very fair. Yeah. All very fair. Yeah. Um, oh, so you've got here's a there's a line as well, and around this point with all this Nate uh, conversation with Kendall, I think we have Nate talks to Madsen, Nate talks to Kendall. It seems okay with you know. Then I think we roll back and and they come back in again, and I think at this point Nate's got to leave the party. So he's yeah. been, I don't know kind of like told that's it. You're you're getting too close to the yeah. to those characters which you could imagine yeah. you know you don't want as a left of center politics to be seen running yeah, yeah, up yeah. against this right-wing media empire um but he says i'm not gill you are not logan and that's a good thing yeah that was an interesting line because i i mean what i took that as meaning like i mean we've seen gill and logan like in conversation i think in the first first season haven't we particularly at um Shiv and Tom's wedding when there's a little interaction between them and I think what what um Nate's saying is that they're more human than neither of those people and he's obviously bad-mouthing Gil really and saying that Gil and Logan really were sociopathic monsters who will who would do whatever whatever they wanted well they did a deal with each other yes and and he's not prepared to be like that with Kendall. Whether he's sincere about that or not, I think he's kind of sincere, isn't he? And he's kind of paying Kendall a compliment in a way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was going to say it's kind of one of the nicest things anyone said to Kendall. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But obviously Kendall isn't going to see it in that way. No, and all he sees it as is he's not a killer like his dad is, basically, mm. isn't it, as far as these things go? Yeah. I think that's how he's reading it. Yeah. Next point in my possibly two-point argument that this episode is based around like people being psychopathic um is so ebba's outside she's quite pissed off madsen's madsen's really stepping up his insults he's really twisting the knife so we're making it out as if ebba started this their relationship on purpose to have a hold over him and it's just had like joking about greg firing her hasn't it downstairs oh yeah, yeah, yeah yeah all horrible stuff and then Kendall and Roman bundle out to the balcony, the balcony of drama. I think yeah. Um, and Kendall says, I just want to check in on you on a on a human level. Yeah, yeah. I was nothing fucking human about anything, anything you do ever, Kendall. Almost. Yeah. But, well, no, that's not fair. But definitely in that moment, it's so... That's so insincere. Yeah, the fact you had to mention that you were doing it on a human level. Which, like... <laughs> it's not true. You're doing it because yeah. you want to, you think, you know there's some dirt you're dishing. She knows that. Like, I'm yeah. surprised she says as much as she does, to be honest. Well, and maybe because she's pissed off with Madsen, I, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That must be it. So, But this is when they get the information about the subscriber numbers in India perhaps not being what um, they Madsen had previously been saying they were. Yeah. No. So not, yeah. you've got Shiv. They talk to Shiv. They tell you know this. It's got so, there's so many lovely little interactions. She's Shiv, great, yeah, wants to jump in. So she's now 
pretty unhappy about this, so she wants to check it out with Madsen. I feel again that Madsen's doing, and again, I would encourage everybody who likes, enjoys this show and hasn't watched Peep Show to go back and watch a bit of it. And it's not, it's in, it's Peep Show being Jesse Armstrong's um, sort of the thing that he made it big in really, wasn't it? In yeah. the UK, like sitcom, which you, yeah. Which you wrote with Sam Bain. Yeah. Um, sitcom about two guys. Living in a flat. Yeah, pretty damn beat. <laughs> But Jeremy is to the fore again, as, as as he says, yeah, well, you know, if there were like two Indians, <laughs> yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Which I could totally imagine Jeremy saying. Yeah. But um, with not the quite same tone. Um, but yeah, so he's, he does look like he's just full of shit at this point. Yeah, well, and, and looks like, you know, because how could he have imagined that wasn't going to come out at some point? And, and he does try and explain it away to Shiv, doesn't he, by saying, well, let's just get this deal done and it'll all sort of fade away under the radar if um if this deal happens and like no one's gonna be talking about it but it didn't really, wasn't really very convincing was it like as a as a sort of business approach no and and i'm kind of now feeling like he just doesn't really know what he's doing particularly shift feels that too i thought yeah. i really loved um um her, her face as he goes out yeah and it's a real face i mean and she actually just says fuck me to, her, to herself doesn't she Which is like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. she's worried. Yeah. We go to Roman and Jerry. <laughs> Roman and Jerry. Oh, God. Yes. So this is, a, I mean, totally unsurprisingly, yeah. Jerry's got got so much information on Roman. Yeah, it's, it's, all of the dick pics that he sent her. Yeah. I mean, it's surprising this hasn't come out before. I mean, we shouldn't have imagined that this is going to be the end result of Jerry and Roman, really, shouldn't we? Yeah, it has yeah. to be, really. But yeah. I, I loved, he was sort of trying to, like, chat her up again, if you like, and said, look, I'll stand in a cupboard and jerk off while you explain the SCC and how that works. <laughs> it was kind of a, a fitting end to Jerry and Roman's relationship, oh, I think. Yeah. But, well, the biggest end is her saying... I could have got you there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that was what she she wanted for him. She had a she did she didn't really have an a, an attachment to him. Well, that's the mothering instinct of him, I think she. I well, I'm not sure she's right. She could have got him there though because Roman was always going to like sabotage himself really in some ways, wasn't she? That's a question, but she yeah. believed it, I guess. Yeah. It's a, it's instructive, isn't it, how we've had um quite a lot of conversations between like the senior management people of Carl and Frank and, and Jerry and the um, the Roy siblings in, in this, oh, and there's usually Roman and Kendall, where you see that actually, well, Carl's, Carl's conversation with Kendall in the last episode where mm. he had a, had a um, just before he was about to go on stage and do his Living Plus speech and was basically completely lording it over Kendall, wasn't it, saying... You fuck me in this speech. I will. I will school her like a pig. Yeah. And so, and so the siblings are kind of like, oh, hang on. We thought we had the power, but actually, they have all the power. And Jerry obviously has all the power over Roman here. Well, they don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they have. They have power too. They're they like, have power. Too, yeah. They're like you know, Rob barons or whatever in yeah. the eighth century. The king's got to like. He can't screw them over, or else they would go all Magna Carta. Maybe. Yeah, they kind of they kind of got legal power, haven't they? They know they know how these things work in in that yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. But this razzes up Roman, angry from that confrontation or upset by that confrontation, and he goes straight to Connor. Yeah. And this is where he's sort of, rather than courting Connor, he now rudely sort of says, I think Connor's like, you know what? You know, he's had his nice pep talk with 
Willa. Yeah. And knowing those characters, I can really imagine how that went. Yeah. You know, Willa talking to him. Well, we go, I don't think I really want to live in Oman. Yeah, but no, no, no. I don't think she'd say that. I think, yeah, she might mention that, but I think she'd say, but you've really put your all into this, Connor. This yeah. is really important to you. Yeah. You know, and yes, at the back of her mind, she doesn't want to go and live in Oman, you know, as she believes in an underground compound. But... But she would have, you know, she would have talked him up and then made him feel like, you know, you're most important. Who knows? Let's see what happens. Um, and Roman's stupidly angry, which is kind of classic him, and says, oh, why are you listening to your wife? And he does the, the inverted, inverted commas. commas round wife, which yeah. is so, I, I thought Connor was quite dignified. Yeah. Actually, I quite, I thought that was a nice reaction of his, quite strong and. Well, his response really to that was like, uh, I'm going to listen to the one person in the room who seems to um, respect my opinion, which is Willow, isn't it? And you actually yeah. think that is actually almost true. Like yeah. it, they do seem to, like we said about their wedding, they're, they, they're having them having that really sort of almost sincere conversation about where Connor asks her if she's just with him for his money. And she says, well, yes, sort of, but not just that. And then their wedding's actually quite nice. And you think, they're actually quite a nice yeah. couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so this is like bad family argument. Connor leaves and look who's just sitting there on the windowsill behind them. Madsen, yeah. Like work, working out, sort of listening into what's going on and hearing like all the shit that's going down, basically. Mm. Yeah. So now this sets up Kendall versus Madsen again. I've yeah. had this before, but suddenly the, the party falls silent. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, Kendall says your numbers are like literally unbelievable. And then Madsen says your numbers are gay. <laughs> yeah. And, and Kendall calls him out for being homophobic. I don't even know what Madsen was particularly trying to say there. He's just, well, it's just a ridiculous insult. It's, I mean, you know. It's just an gay, adolescent gay. insult. Yeah, really, using, isn't it? using yeah. the term gay. And it is a pretty much a homophobic slur that I, you know, is not. Well, it's not appropriate in any context, and it definitely isn't appropriate in some public-ish forum like that. But it also, in in twenty twenty two, when this is set, or twenty twenty three, when this is set, like it doesn't even make any sense anymore. What really. do you think? Yeah. I mean, do you think it seems a little bit wrong because it was possibly? I mean, that's we're a fair bit older than those guys, and that would be a kind of classic insult slur twenty years ago. So do you feel that's a little bit too archaic? Do you think Madsen, there's no way he'd really say, use that kind of old fashioned disc? Well, or they could, the writers could possibly be saying that uh, Madsen being Swedish is maybe like slightly culturally different. And that's maybe something that he would think. And, and, and it's sort of playing a little bit more into the Madsen as doofus kind of, kind of thing. You know, you mm. imagine, is it an Elon Musk type? type thing to say something or yeah. just him as he says he doesn't read people well and he yeah thinks, I mean, so really i mean madsen does not serve himself well he's no. this is a, a terrible thing to say in front of all these people which may have and i admit to being a little hazy on the details of how this works but somehow the good opinion of those people at the party will matter in getting the deal that he wants to go through. Well, it'll obviously, all those things that are said will be, will feed out somehow to various journalists and things, won't they? Because they're very, as, as Tom said later, they're the 40 most important people in America yeah. are in that room. But do you think Kendall was deliberately trying to publicly publicly promote, um, provoke 
uh, Madsen there in order to tank the deal? Is that what Kendall I, was trying I to do? I don't think. I think he was just. Um, I think he was just. He he's antagonised by Madsen and he just reacted in the moment. Right. So it wasn't Being a deliberate in, move. I don't think so. But yeah. like you know, as sometimes works well for Kendall. It yeah. Kind of. Yeah. He, he, yeah. I mean, I felt that was a round that went to Kendall. Don't yeah. You think? Yeah. Oh, we're talking about rounds. This is this is the real bruising yeah. fight. Yeah. So, Shiv and Tom on the balcony is probably was one of the scenes of the entire show. I think, really, isn't it? Oh. It's so intense, and it. What is so fantastic about it is when it, when it starts out they're actually okay with each other when they first get yeah. on the balcony, aren't they? They're sort of like the rising tension, that it, the way, you know, mm. in those sort of classic things about um, screenwriting, we say we all, tension has to be always rising. Tension was so rising through this yeah. scene. And, it re- and, and yeah. then they kept it going. It just mounted and you thought, God, that's a horrible thing to say to somebody. Like, and then but, you said something, somebody said something worse yeah. and then something worse and something worse. And it was all consistently in character and true and yet horribly horribly cruel and i could hear the noises that both of us were making on the sofa squealing at the and did you feel my my whole thing was like at the end of this she's gonna tell him she's pregnant i was gonna then she didn't do it and i was kind of like oh my god she could well she couldn't no she could have done there was there was there was a moment she could have done when he said when he said to her at the end of it I don't think you should have children. She could have come back with, well, here's a thing. I am pregnant with your child. No, no, that no, could no, have no, been no, a no. thing. That's impossible. Cause, no? No, because he's saying you're, you're incapable. He doesn't say, he says, you're incapable of love. You're not a good person to have children. So you're what's not- she going to say? Well, I think I am. I mean, that's a horrendous thing. She feels that and she, some part of her believes that. And then how can she say i mean yes yeah. she's pregnant but that does not mean that doesn't contradict her being capable of love or being a good person. no i mean no, no you're you're right you're you're right about that but i i just i was constantly thinking that's where this is leading so you're every, just, but you're falling into that trap they set of yeah i know i know and it was a well-laid trap and i'm delighted to have it yeah. pulled away from me at the end of it because it was oh it was just brilliant because they just... start off like you said it would have been okay she's She's seeking his, you know, she's worried about the Madsen thing and she yeah. wants to have his reassurance. I mean, that's what they do for each other. That's when they're working well, yeah. they work as a team and he can back her up and blah, blah, blah. But he's, but, you know, on the other hand, he makes a point. He's angry because he knows that she's selling him out. Yeah. And he might lose his place at 18. I, I, I hadn't actually noticed, mainly because I was so busy um, picking up and everything else that was going on that Shiv was sort of like um, yeah. doing him down as the head of ATN and the fact that he might get moved aside all the way yeah, through Yeah, no, that. there's a conversation yeah. which I think was Nate is is in it. Right. Madsen and Nate and Shiv. And Tom's watching. Tom is watching from a distance. So I don't, right. It's not obvious that he can definitely hear. Yeah. But, um, you know, he, Madsen says, yeah, there's going to be big changes at the top of ATN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and Nate. He looks so gleeful at this yeah. idea that... Doesn't they even say, what, you mean Tom, doesn't he, in the, in the conversation? Um, I don't know if he does. Don't I can't don't, right. okay. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and it has, and then there's somebody else comes up to Tom later on and says, oh, I hear that, you know, you might be moving on or something Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. So, and, and obviously we don't see the conversations that we don't... Tom yeah, has with other people. Your phone, yeah. But so he's, 
So he should, you know, he would normally have been supporto guy, but he's not because he's, and he sort of says the truth that is, you'll be fine. You're yeah. rich and privileged and you'll be fine. And, and he means this in a positive way. You're a tough fucking bitch who does what she needs to, you know, yeah. and you're fine. And she comes back with the, I think you're projecting. Yeah. Which probably relates to the scorpion thing, I guess. Or the scorpion thing makes her say that, you know, that I, well, she doesn't want to be a tough fucking bitch. That's, yeah. That was her reaction. As we were saying earlier, like she, she doesn't want to hear that from Tom. She like, Tom is the one person she can have some humanity with and he's not, not now, now not providing it. No. Yeah. And, and this is, this is horrific for her, but that they just keep, keep gunning into each other. And bringing up all the things that happened through the whole kind of series really, isn't it? And like Tom, my, I think my favourite line was, or the most powerful line was Tom saying, you are happy for me to go to prison kind of thing, doesn't he? That he shouts at her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she says, but you offered it because you're so servile. You're servile, you're a masochist and you can't even take it. Yeah. And that's when he says she's incapable of love. And then she accuses him of saying, you stopped me having the last six months with my dad because you betrayed me, which is kind of true. Sort of true. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know. But he just says, you know, you you would never have had your dad's approval. Yeah. Um, I, I gave you endless approval, but it doesn't fill you up because you're, you're broken. broken. And then even does a sort of like a, a hand gesture of how she's broken. Oh. And, and then and then and it says, and then you're so your character's so thin, I couldn't even find you in a fucking book. Yeah, it's so transparent. <laughs> so transparent, isn't it? There's, there's just so, so many, I mean, you know, they, they feel great lines. I don't even know. I don't even know. Why did I, like, why did I enjoy watching that so much? What, what, well, I what's think that it, about? I think it's because of the, it, it was just a sort of masterclass in screenwriting, really, wasn't it? The rising tension thing is like, it's what we go for in drama. We love, we love to watch that. Like, we're we're taken to one place and we're like oh sure and we're like surely they're going to release tension now and then they ratchet up just a little bit more and then just a little bit more until well until i had it pulled under my feet by shiv not mentioning the fact she's pregnant yeah and i was and i was sort of she went back inside i was i could barely sit still it was like i just i don't yeah but i mean like on a human level why the hell do i like this tension what's what's what how why do we like watching this at all yeah Yeah. okay i mean i admit this is way outside of the remit of a succession thing but what what well there's something something else i feel sick and angry and upset um it's got nothing to do with me isn't there something just incredibly dramatically satisfying about it. That's part of the enjoyment, isn't it? Because they've they've brought back in the entire Shiv Tom relationship from four seasons yeah. of this, and they've brought it all back into one scene. Because it and goes back to like the fucking second episode where he re- he he proposes to her yeah. um, when they're in the hospital with the, with Logan after yeah. his first stroke. Yeah. Oh. And, and then and then, he, and then she and then he says, "You should have said no to me." <laughs> when yeah. I proposed to you yeah I, I mean that that's why that scene was so scintillating I think because it was just a summary of everything that had happened to them mm. almost but in this incredible rising tension this must be again what we've talked about in previous podcasts about hearing Jesse Armstrong saying that he feels Shiv and Tom's relationship is the core of this series isn't it I mean that felt like the core scene of this episode I'm not sure how like you know you said this this episode feels like about 
being about the company as psychopath. And that's been a theme through mm. a lot of it. I still can't quite feel how Tom and Shiv is the core theme of the whole series. But unless I think you said in the last podcast, you said it's like, do you want to have love or do you want to have money, basically, isn't it? And is that's that me. I think you say that. I don't know. Oh, I thought you did say maybe I said that. Maybe another podcast said yeah. that. I don't know. But yeah. but that's is that is that what Jesse Armstrong might mean by this being the central relationship? You know, all of the the Roy siblings are after love in some way, whether it's from Logan or it's yeah. from their or it's Tom wanting it from Shiv or Roman wanting it from Jerry even or just from yeah. someone. Yeah. And then and it's all it's all very messed up artificial love and all they've got they would take it if they could get it, but they can't get it because of the money. Because of the money. Yeah, money. Yeah. And when we say money, we sort of more mean money mixed up with success. And pure and money power. on its own doesn't mean anything yeah. to these guys. It's about business success and power. Yeah. And, so maybe that's why Jesse Armstrong is saying that Shiv and Tom is like sort of represents everyone else as well because they're playing out this battle of love and love and money in each scene whereas for everyone else it's a sort of like it's a background noise in some ways yeah yeah but it's yeah. still there yeah oh man i mean there's i know stuff happened after that scene yeah. but i mean uh, well yeah. actually there's some very important stuff that happened after that really mm -hmm. because oh. after that we have okay um frank having a conversation with kendall yeah where kendall now that now that he's just had this sort of blow up with Madsen and it's becoming public that Madsen's numbers in India are all shaky, mm. Kendall has this fantastic idea, I'm sure, in his own head that, oh, no, instead of Gojo uh, um, Gojo taking over Waystar, Waystar can take over Gojo instead. Which... And, and not only that, as he's telling it to Frank, He's going to keep, uh, when, when friend, uh, Frank asks if Rowan and Shiver are on the idea, Kendall says, it doesn't matter. He's going to do it. He's going to be the number one person doing the whole yeah. thing. I mean, I don't know what is going on in Kendall's head there, really. But Well, he's, he's going reverse Viking. He's going reverse Viking. He's <laughs> going reverse Viking. Um, yeah, he said one head, wrong crown. I mean, do you feel, I was sort of thinking, I, I think from Kendall's point of view, he was, he, he sort of dismissed Shiv as out of the out of the picture yeah. kind of couple of episodes ago almost and then I think the stuff with Roman sacking everybody and I feel that although he's publicly uh, or at least to Roman's face he said that he supported him and yeah that's okay and you know yeah young Turks maybe blah 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 but maybe that I think that's he's decided yeah he's he's flaky and I've got to be the guy well what, uh, what? so he's He's thinking that was reasons as to why other people will see that he's he's thinking oh, I'm I'm the one who did the speech I'm the one who drew the number one in the sand everyone's going to see me as as the king and and Roman's actually a bit of a liability. No, I think he just thinks Roman is you know okay well, that maybe well actually no you, it's probably because Roman didn't put the flight jacket on as well and join him on stage yeah uh, so that's why he's pissed off yeah. about that isn't he yeah. yeah before we get to the final scene I've just noticed one note I made which was about the the Shiv and Tom thing which uh -huh. which I thought was hilarious that part of the rising tension in here um Tom accuses Shiv of making him serve undrinkable wine it's like of all the things he could have said in this thing like he suddenly brings in the fact that the wine's undrinkable as part of it so which really made me giggle I feel 
that's the sort of thing you do in an argument, though, isn't it? You've got yeah. so much real, genuine, important emotional stuff, but yeah. that's what's been really on your head, and yeah. he's angry at him for that. Yeah. So mm. we have a, a final scene here where we have the siblings together again. Mm. Uh, was Connor there in this final scene? No, because no. Connor's gone. Connor's gone. Already. So the three other, Shiv and Roman and, and Kendall, and they're talking about who's going to make the speech at, Logan, mm. at Logan's funeral. And... Um, and they and, and Shiv and Kendall say that they're happy for Roman to do it, and he says he wants to do it. And what it made me think is going to happen is that. Oh well, first, okay. Sorry. You tell me. You have a theory about this as well. I do, but maybe you've got the same one, so you go first. Okay, so we've seen here like Shiv. Shiv has come out blatantly saying how she wants a top job in the new Waystar Gojo thing, which will obviously sideline. Um, you know, sideline yeah. Kendall and Roman, they'll be out yeah. of the picture if, if she gets that to work with Madsen. Kendall has just said to Frank, doesn't want to have anything more to do with Roman. He wants to be the yeah. he wants to be the kingmaker. Yeah. Roman is gonna find out about both these things at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Possibly before he does his Possibly. speech yes. at, at the funeral. And also going back to your your theory about mm. what succession means that you oh, said in the last okay. episode yes. about the succession being about rather than it being about who's taking the top job of the boy mm. siblings, it's about democratic succession of the president and okay. whether the Roys, in, with all their backstabbing, might actually mean that doesn't come about. We don't have a proper succession. Uh, yes. I think Roman is going to find out about what Shiv and Kendall, have both, how they both stabbed him in the back, and go with Mencken as kind of revenge. And I think it Roman is going to be the one to cause the lack of democratic succession of a president and then possibly as well make some absolutely barnstorming speech at the funeral that is not how a funeral speech should go. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like a crazed political... Some kind of Feston-like speech. Okay, <laughs> yeah. no, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so that sale to screwed my... That, my Feston was what I was going to mention. Oh, you were? Okay. Yeah, so I'm... Feston is a film by, I can't remember, uh, one of those Dogma, Thomas Finsberg. Danish, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, and it is, um, mm, spoiler alert, I guess, um, if you really want, so don't listen to the next 30 seconds if you really want to watch Feston. And you really should because it's a really good film. Actually, I won't even say, <laughs> don't but spoil essentially it. it is about somebody who has an option of two speeches he could make at his father's uh, birthday party, yeah. not, not, not funeral. But... And he asks the um, the guest to choose A or B. Yeah, and, and it has incredibly dramatic results. Um, so can, Sorry, can you, before you go on from that, um, did you recall that uh, when Jesse Armstrong t- talked about selling this to HBO, he said, I want succession to be a cross between Dallas and Feston. Yes, of course I remember that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. You were about to say that word. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. But it was, but it's fine. But Feston is, and I think if you yeah. watch Feston, because yeah. I remember I rewatched it recently and thought. Oh, did you? Yeah. Without me? No, you were there. You oh, forget. Okay. <laughs> um, but they had, there's, because there's siblings in there and there's some bits with some siblings and it just reminded me of the Shiv Roman, especially their more playful angriness with each other. Um, really similar to Shiv Roman in, in season one. And and that's when I think we hunted down that particular quote because I just thought this seems really succession-y. But right. anyhow, so I just, it is the idea of somebody, the concept maybe of somebody making a speech which um, brings down somebody or something and making a choice about that. The other 
Mm, I don't know. Well, other... so you think Roman's Roman's funeral speech might bring down someone or some or a company in the way that the Festin speech brings down the patriarch of the family? Yeah. Or... Not that it necessarily does. If you're going to watch it, maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, no, it, it does. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my thought of that, which yeah. just occurred to me. Yeah. Um, but yes, but hang on. But your, t- I think your timelines. I don't think. I'm, I know it was my theory, but I don't, I'm not with my, I'm, I'm, I'm moving, I'm 10% my theory now because, you know, about succession being about political succession rather than race style succession, because the next, we've got what, three more episodes? Three more episodes. Yes. That was my next question. What is happening so in the next episode? I think it's got to be the election next episode. And I think the funeral is going to be the last episode. I, I agree. That was what I wrote down as well. Okay. Yeah. So I just don't, I don't know. I, I don't see it. I, I think... So, so do, you, do you see the next three episodes being the election, the election result, and then the funeral? Is that yeah. the... Yeah. yeah. I mean, election result doesn't maybe doesn't feel like it could fill a whole episode, but there'll, there'll be other stuff around election result. I think there? it could. You think it could? Yeah, okay. because if there's enough skullduggery as there's been in many in an American election, there. Really what will the... What will be the... How will all the characters be got together for the election and election result episodes. They're not know. going to be watching it together, are they? They're not that no. close to each other. They'll be they'll be calling each other the whole way through it. Connor's but... got to have the strong but... part. I... Oh, do, do you think... Just um, wait and see. Well, do you think, do you think the, um, the Roys and the other Waystar people and Madsen maybe will be, feel like they need to go to the party of the winning winning candidate in the election? Is that how they might be got together? I could see a I can see a presidential presidential um, winning party as as one yeah. of the episodes possibly because it will be all it's a bit like a wedding, isn't it? They like to do a wedding at the end of a succession season. There'll be lots of balloons and things everywhere. There'll be lots of drink and yeah. I think that's a possible. Okay, okay, yeah. I see that. Ben, yeah. yeah. I do you think it's are you going to call for the Democrats or the Republicans? Well, uh, well, I'm okay, still I'm still assuming yeah. that it's not my. Well, no, I'm going Fuzzy. with I'm I'm You're going, going with your theory, and the Democrats are going to win, and the um, Republicans are not going are going to agree it's an unfair election, and there's going to be no democratic succession, and America is going to fall apart. Okay, that's, that's funny. <laughs> harsh. And Roman is going to be the cause of it. Because Roman brings down. Roman democracy. will bring down bring down democracy, because, because and his finally, daddy didn't love him his daddy enough. didn't love him, and finally. He gets fucked by Mencken literally in the bathroom at the presidential party. Oh. <laughs> it's not out of the it's not out of possibility really, is it? I don't think he's gonna get and don't say fucked by that's you know, they might have a nice consensual sexual Not Mencken. <laughs> Mencken Mencken's I don't know, Mencken just creeps me out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that was a bit of a deflating episode, wasn't it? Not. <laughs> that was that was one of the most intense episodes, I think. No, but I feel it like I feel all washed out. Like yeah. I need to, I don't know. Now we're finished with the podcast. I f- I'm finally realizing how hungry I am, but okay. I need to get that out of the way. Let's go. Let's anyway, go some chips. Yeah, enjoyed that so much. See you next week. Bye. Bye.